structures are not serving us well. We need to creatively destroy the ships that brought us here and move into the land of the future with better tools. Tools that keep us safer and healthier, that create more wealth for more people, that foster more intimate and rewarding relationships. We need to leave behind what is not working. We need a modern revolution. We invite here, they are thinking differently, and we'll tell you where you can learn all about them later, after you have listened to them closely. For now, we don't want to impress you with what they have done, we want to impress you with what they have to say. The Modern Revolution will be podcasted. Okay, well, welcome to the Modern Revolution. Here we talk with guests who are multifaceted and affecting the world in many positive ways, not just for themselves, but for all of us. And in our podcast, we don't beat you over the head with the resume of the guest and imply that you got to believe everything they say just because of their past experiences. Instead, we're inviting you to listen to our guests about their experiences and their intentions first. And then after closely listening to them, should their ideas resonate with you, you can learn much more about their work and them at our show notes at themodernrevolution, um, themodernrevolution.com. And today's guest is Andy Petronic. And uh, Andy, I, you and I don't know each other terribly well, but I've been a follower of yours and have li- listened to podcasts that you've done over the years and, and read things that you've written. So like everybody we bring here, we know that you were – you know, experiences, your intention, your goals, your achievements are, are broad in nature. But if I was going to ask you to distill your mission in simple terms, how would you describe the work you're doing in the world in either a phrase or, or, or just in a short buttoned up, uh, you know, buttoned up kind of paragraph or sentence? Um, I, I mean, I can go – when I think about the work I'm doing in the world, I think about it in two ways. I think about it personally because I, I, I don't think my work is disconnected from who I am as a human being, as a man. Um, mm-hmm. And that intent, my intention is to always be expanding, is to always be growing and learning and expanding my capacity as a, as a man to be a, a, a father, a husband, a, a, a leader, a spiritual spiritually connected um, uh, to know myself and to to use that as a, as a as a way to kind of to have a foundation in the world so that I can actually affect change and the, the the way that shows up in the world at least that I've built up until now has been around health and well-being you know how helping the world actually take action toward making their life better in their health, fitness, and their well-being. So, I mean, it kind of brings to mind that, you know, perhaps it might be considered a cliche, but that I learned it via uh, that this image of some teacher, some Chinese teacher gives a kid, um, you know, a picture of the world and uh, tears it up. He says, put it back together. And, uh, the kid's able to put it back together because on the opposite side was the image of a person. And uh, 
and the and the notion was if you put wow. the person back together, you put put the world back together. And so, I mean, I think yeah. that sort of introspection and um, approach to ourselves echoes in in the world for sure. So, if I was going to then ask you to drill down to a specific problem, if I was to ask you what and do you try to improve people's health and wellness across those various attributes of health and wellness, what what problem would you say you're trying to solve in the world? Like what, what's the problem? Well, how, how, uh, how, how root should I start? <laughs> I'm going uh, to trust your judgment you know, here. What you... Yeah, so, like, I, I think a, a big – I was just talking to my wife about this. It's funny. Um, I think one of the big – problems that is occurring in today's culture and today's world is that we've traded we've we created a context of success that it that is focused solely on one area and that's money and well i guess two areas money and fame and really when it comes down to it, it's money because money seems to be the thing that makes the world go round and you know i don't know that 150 years ago or 200 years ago up until that point, that was not the definition of success. Uh, I mean, success was having a family that was, was strong and being a leader for your family and having a, you know, being culturally, a, a, being a cultural leader in your, in your family's well-being. And um, the, the consequences of that trade-off have been that you know people are willing to be absent from their families and absent from their own lives and absent from their own health and well-being. In this, in, and the excuse is, well, I have to do this for my success and from for you know quote unquote money, and um, they lose sight of the fact that you know it's like that old uh, there's a there's a long there's a lengthy lengthy saying, you know, we, we, we trade, we make all these trade-offs and they, they have this consequential effect of pulling us from the, of, of, away from the thing that we, that we had all along before we started this whole thing. And it pulls us away from our, our own ability to affect our health and well-being. And I think reconnecting people to that fact is the first step in making that, you know, making, affecting change. So is it, I mean, is it a fair paraphrase to, to take sort of how you introduce yourself in the sense that what you're saying is that your work in the world is directly connected, your work in terms of helping others is directly connected to your journey for becoming, you know, um, the best Andy Petronic that you could be I mean, is what you're saying, you're sort of inviting people into, hey, there's an external, you can elect an external yardstick for how you're doing, but perhaps there are other yardsticks that are more important or native to who you actually are as a person that if you thought about a little more closely, if we aligned, first of all, you'd have to uncover it. Like, does your values align with that? or, Or are you in sync with a culture that says, you know, do, is wealth and fame truly what you want, or is that something you've adopted falsely? Or, I mean, so is it getting well, people? Well, even to, if it's truly, even if it's truly what you want, you got to look at your life and you got to say, okay, well, is my life really working? Am I, am yeah. I the dad or the mom that I that I that I always wanted to be? 
Am I, and I guess to do that, you have to actually tell the truth. You have to start looking at your life and being willing right. to, to unmask the masks that you've created to make it all okay. You know, when you tell right. yourself, it's okay that I, that I get up at six o'clock in the morning, I leave the house by seven, I kiss my kids and my wife goodbye, and then when I get home, I'm exhausted, it's eight o'clock at night, I see my kids for five minutes, and then they go to bed, and then, you know, right. I, I stay up for another two hours, and I work, and I get five hours of sleep, and then I get up and do it, do it all the next day. And I do this all for the sake of money and success, and is that working in my life? Is that right. creating the life that I really truly want? Or have I, have I created a story around that being okay that serves me in the moment and allows me to keep doing this? But it's not, if, I'm, if I was on my deathbed looking back going, I, I would not be saying that this was an okay life. Right. Is, I mean, so in this problem in the world that you're trying to, trying to solve, I mean, is, is when you talk about like, well, how far to the root do we want to get? You know, I like I like the notion of well, are we telling the truth to to ourselves? Like if we're going to get all the way down to the root. And so, is the work to help people develop an authenticity that aligns who they really are with how they're behaving? I mean, if I if I really want to kind of get this into a sentence or or something super easy to remember, is it that or or is that not trying to well I, I think the idea is, is, yeah yeah I think the important thing is to come up with your why you know why okay. is it what, what first of all what is important and then why is that important you know right and what are the areas of your life that you you hold dear you you if you were I, li- I like the, I like using the idea of you know writing your eulogy and you're looking back over your life and you've just died and, and you're writing your own eulogy and you've eulogized your life. And this, this, this is how you, you lived in a way that served and aligned with who you are on the inside. Right. Um, and, and, but, but to do that, you have to uncover that you have to, like I said, you have to stop lying to yourself, first of all, and you have to mm-hmm. then, figure out your, your what and your why. And you know, it's not that easy. It takes, takes some time to figure those things out. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm a fan and, uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's the right place to start. Like when we talk about health and wellness, before we get into talking about, uh, how to change the mix of your macronutrients and how to like eat more local before we get into any of those conversations until we're talking about, what you're describing, like, I don't know that like health and wellness is achievable if we're not starting with where you're saying, which is, I mean, what I'm listening to is, as I hear you talk is what I'm hearing is an awareness of yourself as who you are before anybody told you what to do or who to be. And then an awareness of how your behavior is an expression or not an expression of who you are. I mean, would you, am I listening properly? Is that fair? Yep. That sounds that sounds exactly right. Yep. Because you can so, do I mean, Look, it's not that it's not that you can't eat better. It's not that you can't work out better. It's not that you can't do those things, but they end up being patches. Like right. like band-aids on a gaping chest wound. And right. the gaping chest wound, the problem is for most people, the gaping chest wound isn't 
life threatening in the moment. You know, you're when you're 35 years old or 40 years old, these wounds that actually are life threatening, they're not life threatening for another 30 or 40 years. Right. So they're but they're but they're massive and they're seeping, you know, they're they're leaking energy and they're leaking you know, you, if, if, if you follow the analogy, you're, you're bleeding. You're bleeding out, but it's a 30-year bleed out. It's not bad. Right. Yeah. Um, and most people are not even aware that they're bleeding out. And uh, you, like, like I said, you could, you could dive into your macros. You could dive into your workouts and your programming. But what I'm suggesting is that there's a much deeper level that I, I think we've lost touch with as a culture. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of what you see in the world today around health and nutrition doesn't work. You know, many of the people that listen to these, these podcasts, I don't know what your audience is, but the listen to a lot of the podcasts and the work that I do are already doing a lot of great health and nutrition stuff. But the vast majority of the country is not. And right. I, think, I think that uh, they, they've lost connection with this. They've just accepted as truth this this thing you, you you know you kind of start developing it in high school and then in college that that okay i gotta i gotta succeed and i'll do anything i have to do to succeed and you start making those trade-offs very very early on i mean i did yeah i so, think I, I mean I, I think in some senses the the journey you know you look at like joseph campbell talking about the the hero's journey or take you know take whatever all the stories that have ever been written about like people moving from one part of life to another all involve going away and coming back and, you know, varying degrees of self-knowledge or um, created having consequences, good consequences, bad consequences. And, and when I listen to what you're trying to do in the world, it's, uh, it's admirable to me on uh, first and foremost, because it's, those are the hardest conversations to have because uh, anybody can, I think, perform a particular behavior for a specified period of time um, and then be done with it, you know, like survive it. But, you know, the things that I think I hear you talking about represent, you know, you're asking people to, to make changes that will be fundamental in who they are. And then we can, then yes. their behavior will change because they're going to express themselves more authentically, more truthfully, I think, are some of the words that I'm, I'm hearing in this conversation. Yeah, and, and well, and it's also, it's also a choice that people get to make. You know, like, if you look at a guy like Steve Jobs, who changed the world, it, it came at a cost. Now, did, was he aware of the cost? I don't know. I didn't know Steve Jobs. But, you know, there's a lot of power in being able to choose. So I'm not suggesting that the right way is to choose this, this well-rounded approach, it is a choice, but having the power to choose and knowing that you're making that choice and knowing the sacrifices that you're willing to live with, you know, you're not as great a father. You're not as great a husband. You're not, you don't have the, I think it's possible to have it all, but that's also got to be a choice, you know? So, um, you know, I think getting a, a, a grasp of this foundation is gives you that power to be able to, to choose. And there isn't really a wrong choice. Just know that with any choice, there are consequences to those, to those choices. Right. I mean, that's why when you talk about you, a person needs to know their why, like if their, their why is about affecting a broader number of people rather than a smaller number of people, well, then you might trade off some family time to be of 
servant to a greater number of people or i mean i think i think what you're say, saying before you adjust even behavior you need to really be super clear you know this is this is the values i've picked <laughs> and i've chosen them yeah. rather than pick them up and i mean and this is i i think often um in every generation and every time in history these are questions that um the people who live i think the most fulfilling lives are asking themselves and um i don't maybe it's fair maybe it's not fair but i think many people don't want to go through the pain associated with teasing apart what's authentic in their life and what's perhaps you know not um and so yep. you you picking to 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 work on this problem i'm curious is it something that you've was uh, always a part of what you wanted to do with your life? Was there a moment that was an epiphany where you're like, this is the direction I'm going? Or was it more incremental that you you had an idea and then that idea gradually like came into focus to you over time? Um, like how, how did yeah, that's you a good question. It's a good question. Um, I remember a moment. Well, I don't remember a moment that I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. But uh, when I was work, I was working as a nutritionist. Uh, well, I nutrition slash training at Gold's Gym in Venice, uh, the mecca of bodybuilding, um, back when I was a professional adventure racer. And uh, uh, my boss took me to a group. She called it group. I'm like, okay. She's like, I've gotten a lot of value out of going to this teacher, and she, she runs a class every twice a week, and it's called group. And um, no, I had no idea what I was getting into. And I remember that first time being there and listening to this woman speak. Her name was Mona. I remember thinking she has this all fucking figured out. And I want more of it. I want to, I want to understand at a level that she understands. I want to understand myself. I want to understand the world. I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, and I didn't really know how long it would take, and I didn't really know how to do it. But, and I wasn't, and I didn't decide I was going to change my life to do that. I was, you know, still very committed to all the stuff I was doing in the world that had nothing to do with that. But um, that was, gosh, that was more than 20 years ago, and it's so been was, a journey. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's there was obviously a seed in you that. Um, was there, you know, that, that bone of water or whatever the right metaphor is. I mean, you had, there was something inside you inclined to hear what Mona had to say. Um, yeah. And then that moved you in some fundamental way towards, you know, uh, the, all the power that comes along with your achievements gives you authority in, in terms of why people listen to you or don't listen to you. And, and you're using that and maybe at its most root cause to help people identify what's your most authentic self? And then how do you support your most authentic self in terms of your actions in, in the world? Um, the, that's such a core experience to the human experience. I, I'm curious, we talk about things that suppress um, the status quo that exists that suppress people's desire to, to do that. Um, like Mona flipped something open in you that had a profound kind of change what the things that are keeping other people from having the same experience what what do you think is the 
biggest part of our current status quo, and I don't know if you want to look at it, yeah. and the media culture that keeps people from having, you know, why, why are not the Monas of the world and other people's lives more easily flipping people switch to go, you know what? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, first of all, it's, it's definitely the harder path. And yeah. secondly, it's not required. Um, right. You know, there's nobody telling you you have to do it. And thirdly, the, our, our capitalist world has created a, a, a bit of a monster. They, they have figured out how to appeal to every nuanced um, sense that we have, whether it's sight, sound, taste, touch, um, and appeal to those parts of us that are hopelessly addicted to, um, to these areas. And it takes a monumental effort to avoid them, you know, whether it's media, right, or it's, right, you know, social media or television or the flavors in the grocery store and avoiding, you know, buying a box of special, you know, of, of special K or Fruit Loops or, you right. know, the, 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 just the odds are stacked against us so heavily. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's what we're, we're having to fight against ourselves to, yeah, yeah, to, right, right. to get, to get into it, to really be willing to go there, you know? Yeah. And, and so, um, because it's, imp- it's impossible in, in, in my opinion, at least like you're, you're never going to drag somebody from not wanting to make the decision to go on the journey, you know, journeys, however you want to describe it, that you're inviting people to, you never, however, I do think there is some middle ground between you're never going to drag somebody into it, but there is a coaxing that can occur and that coaxing can look like a bunch of different things. It can look like an invitation, can look like a challenge, can look like um, a variety of things that the, you know, some people perhaps you're, when you heard Mona, it was just, hey, you gravitated and you went towards, but other people's experience may be somebody jarred them in some way. When, when, I, when you think about the assumptions that you are challenging when you invite people to, to work with you on their health and wellness that begins with this level of self-truthfulness and authenticity, like what assumptions do you find to be the most obviously or often presented in being in conflict with you're trying to help them and perhaps not everybody sees it that way. What, where does that conflict present itself most frequently? Um, well, I think the first thing when it comes to, I think what you're talking about is enrolling people in your idea and get, getting them to want to do right. something that they perhaps haven't thought that they even wanted to do. Um, right. You've got to understand their plight. You've got to really understand them. Like the thing that really got me to want to continue going to group with Mona was she understood more about me in the two hours, even though I wasn't even really talking to her. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to the whole group. Right. She understood more about what I considered to be my plight of my life, of my connection, of my humanity. than I, she understood it better than I did my own. And right. she hardly even knew me. And right, right. 
and and she opened up for me what is kind of like a gap between where I was and where I saw myself wanting to go. And and that gap became big enough in those that first literally the first time I went that I was like I, I gotta I want to come back because I want to I want to cross that gap. Right, right, and right. Um, I think that is a big piece of you know whether you're trying to get someone to do something or not. You're there's a seduction. There's a um, you know, you're seducing them just by knowing them, just by knowing and understanding their predicament, their problem, and perhaps knowing it better than they know it themselves. Yeah, I, and when I, when I listen to you talk, I mean, when I, uh, I think about, like, what assumptions are you challenging, and I think about, you know, the, the similar ways I'm trying to do similar work out in the world, I think one of the assumptions are that um, – being able to under like understand that things can get better. I mean, when you identified that gap, the gap in my mind was something less desirable to something more desirable and that the gap was there, but it was crossable. I mean, sometimes when I, I look at, um, when I listen to you talk about like the odds being stacked against us and I look at the change in the nation's health since, you know, a really pretty specific time period in the late 70s, early 80s, when obesity and diabetes has become so epidemic, um, I'm not sure, I'm I'm 100% positive that as a species, as a, we haven't changed as dramatically as our health has changed. And so um, the context in which we all live is, in my opinion, exactly like the health consequences of, of, of the choices we've made socially and economically have played out so dramatically. And, and I don't think it's because people, people didn't become three times less lazy uh, since, you know, 1980, even though we're three times more likely to be uh, terribly obese and uh, diabetes, you know, happened for a reason. All of the $388 billion a year spent there um, happened for a reason. And, and sometimes when I look at folks that I talk to on the nutritional side of this conversation, um, recognizing that gap of like, you don't have to feel this way. <laughs> like it's a, there, this other side is not a fiction. The gap is real. However, there's also a roadmap um, to it. And when I listen to you talk about Mona, I think about different things and people that I've, books that I've read, people I've come across. And, and often what has occurred to me when I have similar experiences is that as much as I like to think of myself as the most unique person that's ever, you know, lived on the planet. And although there, you know, maybe a kernel of truth in that, it's also that my experience has been played out a thousand times before and thought about a million times more deeply by many people who came before me. So when I like read certain books or listened to certain people talk, I realized, Oh, what I'm going through thousands of other millions of other people have gone through um, as well, and that they have come up with solutions in the past often that were applicable to me kind of in the future. I mean, is that, is, am I, when I talk, is that resonating with you as well? I mean, is that kind of what? Well, I think we're, I think we're at a interesting, you know, like, and I could be completely wrong because I, I don't profess to really know these answers, but I'm just doing, mm-hmm. I'm just giving it my best, best shot. I think we're at a different place 
right now than we've been in the past. I mean, we've done, we have studied as, as successful entrepreneur type A personalities who are driven to succeed and success means money and money means, money means earning profits for companies and earning profits for companies means, uh, means getting more people to buy your products. And in order to get more people to buy your products, you need to get them more addicted. And so you study these patterns, these neurological patterns as, uh, that human beings have and are, and are built in to, to humans. So kind of like Rob Wolf's book uh, called Wired to Eat. You know, we, right. we are wired to eat, period. And we all have it, regardless of any willpower or whatever, you, you, you have this wiring. And we, ha- we have this wiring to be addicted to all the things that we are addicted to. And right. we, we've done such a, like, it's the, the crazy thing about the experiment that's, that's gone on in the world in the last 50 years, 60 years, is it's working. We are getting <laughs> the, we're, we're getting the results of that shit working. And right. we don't like it. Now we don't like it. So now we're like, oh, crap, what have we done? Now I don't know if anybody's really taking responsibility like that and saying we've, we've gotten the, we've, we've done that. Um, but it, it, it's fucked up. <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, how do we get out of this? this? We, we, we created yeah. a monster. So when you use the expression like, hey, you're, it's, you're bleeding out and you just don't realize it and that, and often that it's not until so long into the bleeding out process do you, you're forced into kind of generating these skills of, of self-awareness, or I guess you, you know, you die either real death or metaphorical death. I mean, what, what's making people not see this problem as serious as it is? I mean, we've, some group of us has led the rest of us into this hyper addictive state that has these consequences. You know, what, what, in general, like, what do you think is keeping people from seeing these problems as serious as they actually are? Well, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, most people are, when you've had to pay a price to get what you've got, you tend to be more attentive to those things. Not always, but you, you tend to be more attentive to those things. I remember a buddy of mine when I was in the Marines who bought his first uh, Z28, you know, kind of rocket race car. And he literally every weekend he would park it outside our house and he would use our hose in the front of our house and give it a wash and wash the windows. He would spend like three hours with his car. And right. um, it, was his, it was his baby. You know, we're given our bodies. It, it's a free, it's free. We haven't had to do anything to get them. Right. And there's, there's, I, we, we're not connected with, until we suffer our first significant setback physically, most people are not connected with the consequences of the decisions that they're making in their life that, that, have, uh, that are having profound impact on their body's ability to function in the world. And, you know, very often the first symptom is death. You right. Know, they, they, they have the, they have the uh, widowmaker heart attack and kaboom, they're just done. Some people don't die and they, they get an opportunity to see, oh, this is finite and there's a consequence to the way I've been living my life and I, now, I'm, now I see it and now I want to do something about it. Other people see it and they don't do, anything, do something about it. 
You know, right, it's, right. it's possible too. Yeah. But I, I think it's very hard to see. It's like this invisible, really gently sloping slope that's da- that's slightly downhill. You know, when you know, like there've been um, when I was a, a cycle a cyclist and a race racing, I'd do these long rides and I'd be on a what I thought was a flat slope and I'd look down at my speedometer and I and I'd see like usually on a flat I could cruise somewhere between 18 and 22 miles an hour. And I'd see myself going at like 16 miles an hour. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm, I'm right. on, I'm flat. It's flat. And I'm not getting in and I'm not able to get my speed up. And then, you know, you go back and you look at the map of the area and you're like, holy crap, I was going up. So right, I right, think right. people are on an imperceptibly gentle slope, sloping down. And, you know, it's a slope that takes 40 years to go down, to get down. Um, and uh, very hard to get back up because it's it's covered in grease. It's covered in like, you know, Crisco, and you're right. slowly slipping down. And when you turn around to try to try to go back up, you can't get any traction, or you, you know. And then then it becomes ridiculously hard to move back up the hill. But I think that's so the big, turn, I think it, that's it, the big problem. Yeah. So like, so like when I listen to what you said, I mean, it, in terms of like, why are people not seeing this as serious as, as it is, is that it's subtle. Um, it, it takes a long time. All the kind of external factors conspire to keep the status quo as it is. And then, you know, it's sort of quiet, quiet, quiet. And then it's explosively problematic. Um, yeah. And so, you know, until you, until you hit that cataclysm of, of disruption in your life, um, it's quiet and long, uh, too, is kind of what I'm listening to you, to you say. And, well, I, I mean, what I want to turn to next is a little bit of, and I know that you have many things uh, in what you've done in your life that have focused on changing people's behavior, um, and underlying that clearly is your notion of changing people's perceptions. I often ask, like, what, what small behavioral change can uh, you make, can a person make to more align themselves with the vision? You know, as I ask my guests, well, this problem you're trying to solve in the world, what would you be suggesting in terms of a small change? Um, maybe you can, because I know you have such like a toolkit of things that you offer people, um, what types of places would you have them start to uh, work on the problem themselves that you are trying to help yeah. people you know, move from one side of this gap to the I other. I mean, the first the first place I tell people to start is 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 getting clear on where they are. So, okay. you know, the easiest um, the easiest picture that I that 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 I that I like to use is, and and this could be literal. This 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 is not just a this is not just a figurative like idea. Take off all your clothes and stand in front of the mirror and sit with, sit with yourself for five minutes and then get very, very honest. Is, is this, and, and this, is, this addresses the physical realm, but it, but it very, very often addresses a lot of different realms. Is the image that you see the image that you want to be seen? Are you comfortable with who you have, who that thing, that that person is you see in the mirror? Are you happy with 
where it is and why? And if not, why not? What parts are you not happy with? And what parts are you, are you not happy with? And, you know, like I said, that could be very literal. I don't like my love handles. I don't like my calves. I don't like my, you know, or I'm, man, look at that six pack. I look great. I, you know, like I'm super excited about where I am in my posture or, you know, I'm mm-hmm. bent over, or I look like a hunchback, or I, you know, whatever, whatever comes up, it could be very literal, but they could also be very non-literal, you know, because it's just an, it's just a, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to use, but it's a, uh, it's a way to open up, you know, emotional, spiritual areas, uh, and then areas of your life around which your body is the, the showing the effects of the choices right, you've made right. in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so in terms of truthfulness and authenticity, I mean, you're, you have a suggestion almost of what, of, um, if you're going to strip away what's not truthful, <laughs> you know, about your life, you have to kind of get down to the, you know, well, what's underneath everything. And, um, and certainly, yeah you know, an encounter with your body. I mean, I'm of the mind that like one of the things that I, I like about my observation of your work over these years is that connection that, you know, the physical and the non-physical are at least in relationship to each other, if not the same things, you know, so as you are attending to your body, you're attending to your spirit and to your, you know, your spiritual life. And as you attend to your spiritual life, it has an effect on how you, you sort of treat your body. I don't want to take this in too dramatic of a turn before we kind of head into the last couple of questions. But I think some people, when they hear that, you know, uh, when I listen to the notion of um, being comfortable with your body and self-acceptance with your body, which I think is a, is a good value and a true kind of statement, and then how to also be truthful about the, what you're saying is that your body carries the marks, so to speak, of your decisions. And so if you're, yeah. you're, you've made decisions that have hurt yourself, um, they're going to be, you know, the widowmaker may not be obvious. You know, the first sign of heart disease is a trip to the corner, right? I mean, that's kind of a joke. But, um, you know, many of the decisions we make will play out expressly on our bodies, particularly as you talk about someone that may not recognize the problem when they're 30. As somebody who's 48, I can promise you they show up quite, you know, the roadmap of yeah. my decisions, you know, play out quite uh, expressly uh, <laughs> when I look at myself. Um, you know, I mean, so it's, there's, a, there's a looking, I think, in what you're telling me. You've got to look at yourself, and maybe that takes place in this physical environment where, hey, well, you need yeah. to take off your clothes. Yep. Not, yep. And then how else? Yeah, you have to look, but you have to be willing to go, okay, well, then how is what I'm seeing in my body showing up in, these, in another area of my life? You know, like you can right. work on your body and you can say that it's affecting and helping your spirit and your emotions, but do you know how? Have you right. spent the time thinking about how are the lessons I'm learning with my body? How is what I'm seeing with my body related to my experience as a husband? How is what I'm seeing with my body related to my experience with my connection to God? How is my, what I'm seeing with my body related to my connection with my business? Um, or how I'm being as a father or how I'm being as a community leader 
they're all there. All those parallels are there, but I think most of the time people fail to take the time to look. Yeah. And so um, I, just in terms of tools, uh, I, I've got two things, like two or three questions to kind of uh, begin to turn towards the end of this. And um, in terms of tools to do that, uh, do you have some suggestions? And, and I think I'd like to pair that with like um, asking you a little bit about, I know you have many accomplishments that you've, you've had in your life and a lot of things that we could talk about in terms of past successes, but um, maybe you could do those things in tandem. Like what type of tools would you say to somebody, hey, if you don't know how to ask those questions or how to draw those connections, go here. And then maybe something about um, a time that you accomplished something in the past that you, you would want people to associate with you. And, and I'll take maybe fatherhood and husbandhood off the table as, you know, um, successes, but, uh, you know, something that you've achieved that, that you would want associated with you. Maybe you talk a little bit about, mm -hmm. hey, I wanted to do this. I did this. I didn't know how to do it at first, and then I got a tool to help me, you know, achieve it. Um, could, could I ask you to you know, talk about those two, two things? What was, the first, what was the first one again? Well, I'm just curious. Like, I think um, to some people, when you talk about, you need to, you'll see these connections, like in um, between. Oh, what was the tools? What was it? What's yeah, like tool? yeah, you, you, I think you said, yeah, yeah, just maybe, yeah, maybe point someone in a specific direction. That says, hey, if you don't know what. Yeah, to, right. When I say these things, I, hey, I want to do it. What do I do? Um, yeah, right. What would you What would you send them? Well, you know, like if if you're talking about the in the realm of health and well-being, I mean, the tool that I created to actually do this was for my gym, um, and I'm now the chief evangelist for the Whole Life Challenge. I mean, the, the Whole Life yeah. Challenge is a tool to do that. That's what I. That's why we, literally, that's why we created it, and that's why we created mm -hmm. it the way we did. It's not. It's not an answer for people. It's really a door that is open to walk through and to start to ask yourself those questions. Um, it's all related to health and well-being, but like I said, the health and well-being door is really a door to a much bigger context about your whole life. So, um, um, you know, the Whole Life Challenge is an event that we do four times a year. The next one starts in January, and um, it's a great, you know, it, it is a great tool to get started down that pathway and start asking yourself those questions. Is, is who I see in the mirror the person that I've always wanted to be? And if not, where, where, is, where is he or she falling short? And what do I think will make the biggest difference in those things? And, you know, that's where the, the, the coaching that we do through the challenge where we use seven daily habits to help you get yourself on track is very, very helpful, is very useful. But it starts with knowing where you are. And that we're um, going to put um, links to the whole life challenge on the, on the show notes, but just real quick, could you tell people, you know, they're maybe listening and they want to go right to that information. Like what's the, what's the yeah. easiest way to access information about that? It's, it's wholelifechallenge.com. Okay. And uh, like I said, it's, it's not an app. It's very funny because, you know, we're in, I'm not sure when this podcast will go live or if it's already live, maybe it is. Um, <laughs> but uh we, we, we have these periods between challenges where there's nothing going on. It's not like you can go to our website right now and, and start. 
we do that very intentionally. It, it's a little bit like, you know, like the New York City Marathon. You could go out anytime you want in your life and go run a marathon, but it's very different to go run the New York City Marathon. Right, and, right. Um, so, you know, we, we, the next challenge begins January 19th, and you start with everyone in the entire world that's going to do it all together. Last year in the January challenge, we had like 28,000 people. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of momentum and there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of, there's a lot more, um, there's a much greater likelihood of you being able to maintain your commitment when you're in that wave of people, when you're in that um, flow. And that's why we, that's why we do it that way. Yeah, I like it. I mean, anytime we're uh, in community, you know, we, the, the standards of the community, I always feel like affect our, our personal, well, just like we, we, I mean, we've been drawing on this idea the whole conversation, you know, I mean, it, w- w- the general community maybe presents a whole bunch of choices for us that don't serve us well. You're inviting people to a community that is the opposite. All these choices and behaviors that are happening around you will, will move you in, in, it, in a direction that the whole life challenge will, you know, give you tools and ways to think about your life that are going to last well beyond um, uh, on the challenge. Well, 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 we're going to put more information about that that people can learn more and, and, and join you in January. And um, I, the, the conclusion of the podcast, I just wanted the two things. Like, I, I do want to hear about some accomplishment that you would like people to associate oh, in right, your mind. And, and, right. and, that, and, then, um, and then the last question we can do in both at the same time is just the Whole Life Challenge is probably like the best place, uh, wholelifechallenge.com to – to find out about you, but I know that you have other things that you publish, including a podcast. And um, so as you kind of talk about your accomplishment, maybe we can also tell people where to find you. Um, but what, I, I mean, you've done so many kind of cool things in your life. What, what's something? Yeah, no, I, I think by? back to some of those, I think back to some of those things that I've done and um, man, uh, talking about not like not having a clue. I think, I think, um, I think probably, I mean, look, I could, there's so many I can talk about, but I'll just talk about my first adventure race when I, you know, in, in 1994, there was no sport of adventure racing, really. There was one race in the world. It was called the Raid Gawaz. And um, Mark Burnett, who was the founder of the, the uh, creator of the show Survivor, participated in this Raid Gawaz. It was in, I can't remember where it was. But he decided that he was going to create a version of that in the United States and call it the Eco Challenge. And I heard about this race. I had been a Marine, um, and I, I heard somebody talking about it on the radio that this race was coming up. It was a year away, and um, it was going to be in Utah, and it was going to involve all these crazy things. And I thought, I'm doing that. Like, I just had this inner... <laughs> thing like I'm somehow doing that and it and I found the um the offices for the eco challenge were in Burbank and which happened to be about 40 minutes from my house and I drove there and they 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 said well I don't know if this is true or, or bullshit but they said we have one spot left for a team you know uh are you in and I'm like I'm in and I had to write a ten thousand dollar check um, wow. Fortunately, I had a good. Fortunately, I had a good job. I was in sales, and I had a good job. But I, right. I just had this. I don't know really where it came from. 
I just had this knowingness that I was going to do this. And, you know, if I got five people on my team, we would each have to pay two grand to, to, to be fully in. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a manageable amount. Right. And um, I had a buddy of mine who was in the Marines with me who had expressed interest in doing it. He didn't know that I was going to go and put, put 10 grand down. On it. <laughs> right. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how it, it was just this internal <laughs> guidance of, okay, do, okay, go. And I, and I knew, I knew I had the physical, you know, the, right. I had the experience through the Marines of the ability. Like I didn't go, I wasn't a, I wasn't a couch potato, you know, trying to go do this thing. It was, it was in the realm of my capacity. Right. Although I had to learn how to whitewater canoe. I had to learn how to be a pretty, pretty fluid on horseback. I had to learn <laughs> how to uh, whitewater raft. I had to learn, um, you know, we did a lot of mountain bike training that I had done a lot of road cycling, but not a lot of mountain biking up until that point. So there was a lot of things that I, oh, and rock climbing. I've done no jumaring. I had done very, a little bit of rappelling, right. but um, I had to learn a lot of that stuff. So, so yeah, that was, that was pretty cool that, that how that all came together and how certain I was that I was going to do this thing, even though I had no idea how to do it. Yeah, that's, um, so in terms of like t- that one coming to mind as the thing, you know, at least for today's listeners, like to, to stick with you, is it because it was such a leap? Like you, you had an internal yeah. clarity, like, Hey, I want to do this. And then you didn't quite know how, but you left. I mean, you kind of like, I'm across this gap. I'm going to get, get to this race. Yeah. And I, and I think that that is really the resistance that I have in other areas of my life. Cause I'm not always that certain. Um, right. And I think a lot of times it would serve me to be more certain, not of the outcome, but certain of my ability to actually do this. Like I can do this and, right, and then right, right. jump in and take action and write the $10,000 check and right. be full in rather than to, you know, hold back and hesitancy and, you know, withdraw, withdrawing. Um, I think that kind of commitment and that kind of, you know, going for it is something we, we all need more of. Well, you know, each success seems to beget a little, you know, a little more confidence for the next success. And that, thank God yeah. that you had that experience in 1994, Chris, maybe it emboldened you because you've helped so many people, certainly between 1994 and today. And, and maybe that helped give you the confidence that, uh, you know, you could have – Obviously, having twenty-eight thousand people listen to you at any given time in the world, is, uh, <laughs> right? You know, right. That, 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 I never really drawn that connection before, but that's a cool connection. Yeah, um, maybe in nineteen ninety-three, if I had said that to you, you'd be like, "Well, I don't know about that," you know. But yeah, right. You know, maybe. You, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So as we, but um, as you we know, say, to answer the other part of your question, um, you yeah. know, I my, my you know, yes, Whole Life Challenge is a great place to find me. I also have a, a personal website, andypetronic.com. I publish a monthly newsletter. I do do uh, body weight workout videos that are like 10 minutes long or usually 10 minutes or shorter and they require no equipment and I do it for my own fun sake, but they're also very useful and they can, um, you yeah. know, they can serve people in their own hotel rooms or living rooms or bedrooms or garages or whatever and they require nothing and they can be pretty hard also. Um, and uh, I have a podcast called Breaking Ordinary and I have a pretty pretty cool list of, I mean, when I look back and look at the people that I've had on the podcast, I've had some pretty amazing people 
on who right. are pretty well known in the world. And um, uh, that has been just a labor of love. I, I love having the conversations with people about their successes and their, and their learnings and how they've gotten to be in the place that they are. And they're all around in the areas of the, basically the seven daily habits of the whole life challenge. So even though it's called mm-hmm. something different, it's a, it's very much in the context of what we do in the whole life challenge. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I'm going to keep to my commitment in terms of uh, the time that I, I asked you to. And, I, and when I, I have a short form, like three minute podcast called the well-run life that I've had for years and been heard a lot of times. And, um, and I wanted to do an interview uh, format podcast, which gave birth to the modern revolution. And when I was envisioning it uh, from the start, you were one of the people that I wanted to have on it. So I'm really wow, grateful that, cool. you know, you, yeah, it's been uh, fun to kind of, you know, follow you over the years and, and I'm grateful that you're willing to give up some time to, to talk to me and um, we're going to, we're going to work on getting this out uh, very quickly. So I, I'll take us out in just a second, but, but before I do just, I'm, I'm really grateful and, uh, and I really, I'm confident that everybody who takes time to go and, and learn more about the work you're doing in the world and listen to what you have to say, you know, they're really going to be well served by that time. Well, thank you. All right. It's been really, it's, it's been really fun to actually be, be asked the questions that you asked me and they really cause me, give me a moment to, to, to clarify what I'm up to. And um, I, I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for inviting thank me. You. Oh, it's a hundred percent my pleasure. And so uh, as we conclude today's modern revolution uh, episode, today's modern revolutionary is Andy Petronic and he's moving us forward. And like others we've talked to, he's, he's clear eyed about our current situation and brave enough to bring his thoughts and his words to the arena. Let him inspire you to bring your thoughts to the world. Don't keep them locked away. The modern revolution needs us all. The show notes for this show and all our shows can be found at themodernrevolution.com. So please go there where you can check out the show notes and learn more about our guests and see some of our fun videos like Tell Big Soda to Piss Off. The Modern Revolution is a production of A Well-Run Life. In Well Run Life, we have an additional podcast by the same name, A Well Run Life, and it's three minutes long. And should you be interested in some of our additional ideas, Peter Dealey, myself, I have a book called The Leadership Miracle, and it's 35 minutes, and it's on audible.com for $3.95, so you can check us out there as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode. This podcast sounds a little bit better on the podcast player, CastBox. In fact, I think of it as Podcast Bliss. They've been a great supporter of ours through this podcast and our other podcast, The Well-Run Life. And so if you haven't checked out CastBox, we encourage you to do it today.